Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast, where we read the books even your friends don't want to read. I'm Tara. I'm Susan. And I'm Jeanette. Susan, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, Things have been going really well. Um, I actually hosted an Usborn book party last week, and it was awesome. Um, The girls have made out like bandits, and they have gotten a ton of books from the party. So um, I am very grateful to everybody who um, came to the book party and bought stuff because... I get to get all these girl books for the girls. Yay! <laughs> so exciting. Yay, books. Yeah, it, it was phenomenal. I had no idea I was going to be able to get as many books as I did. And my friend who's the book lady, she was like, yeah, that can totally happen. Like, just these people keep, you know, buy books at your party, and then you get these perks, and then all of a sudden you end up buying these books for huge discounts or for free or whatnot. So it was pretty amazing. Very cool. I know you've wanted a couple of those for a while, so. A couple. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're really cute books. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Like, it, it was super cute. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I participated in Susan's book party, and it was it was really cute. It was really fun. And the lady is super, super nice, and she um, is going to do a book party for me because, obviously, teaching not working right now. Yep. So she's going to do a book party for me in a couple of months. So yep. Send me an invite. Oh, I will. I will. So there will be more books on the way. I'm really excited at uh, getting the chance to go shopping again. Yay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What about you, Jeanette? Other than getting a Usborne book party going, what else have you been up to? <laughs> um, doing pretty well. I've been on like the opposite of a reading slump, but it has the same effect as a reading slump. So you know how like when you're in a reading slump and you're like, ugh, there's nothing I want to read and you pick up book after book and you just like nothing kind of pulls you in for a while? True. Well, I've been picking up book after book and everything I'm like oh I want to read this right now oh I want to read this right now and like people are lending me books I have books I bought a while ago or books that my friends are reading and I'm like oh I want to read that with you and so I've picked up like five different books within the past month or two and I can't stick with any of them because then I want to read something else Uh and it's driving me crazy (laughs) because I can't finish anything it's so funny yeah, I so, feel like we all get there at some point where we just collect these books to read and then all of a sudden we look at our piles like, this is too many books. <laughs> no, absolutely. I just got back from Awesome Con... Just. Just. It was like, what, two months ago? <laughs> but, um, but I just got back from Awesome Con and I collected so many books. So many um, <laughs> graphic novels, especially because so many artists were there. <clears throat> Um, I got Princeless finally, which I was really super excited about, but I yeah, haven't read yet. One. And I got all these like signed copies, and they're just like sitting in this giant pile right next to my bed. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll get to you. I promise. I'm looking right at you every night. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's precious. the thing. And like, I have that same thing. I had like all these books stacked up on my bedside table. I'm like, this is ridiculous because, especially when the baby's home, I'm not sitting in my room like reading through stacks of books I'm like walking around the house so I started carrying stacks of books around my house being like I'll just read this whenever I have five minutes to sit down so I'm carrying like three four books and a kindle around Mm -hmm. my house I look like a crazy person (laughs) wouldn't it be easier if you just had stacks of books strategically placed around the house instead of actually carrying them around with you my, my husband would five, kill me. <laughs> the five books that I've already like started and want to finish, then those would only stay in one place, and I wouldn't read them when I get the five minutes to read. See, I can't read five books at one time. Like the I most can't either. I can, <laughs> the most I can juggle is three. If one of those three is a graphic novel, that's, I think that's I think that's reasonable. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing is I can't either, which means like some of them get put by the wayside. Like I've got two that I've been reading for months now that I've just kind of had sitting on my bedside table because I can't read that many books at once. And I finally had to put them aside and be like, I'll come back to you. (laughs) Even though one of them I find really, really interesting and I'm dying to finish it. Right. I'm just, I'm having a problem guys. Like I'm having like (laughs) book mania. 
it's a, it's a good not problem. book mania. Good, good problem to have, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, it's better than a reading slump. Yep. <laughs> anyway, now that you guys know that I'm crazy, how are you, Tara? You know, I'm on um, I'm on vacation right now. Actually, I am calling you all from glorious Nashville. Um, if we have any listeners in Nashville, hey y'all. <laughs> um, Mino is about to go to law school. Um, and so we're doing sort of, he starts Monday. Oh. Um, so this is sort of our last big trip before that happens. So we've done Nashville. We saw a Queen concert. We went to Louisville. Um, we got our little Louisville slugger bats, um, (laughs) drank our weight in bourbon. (laughs) Um, so we're having a grand old time over here and have even been to the grand old Opry. So, um, yeah, just sort of having a ball. Nice. That sounds like fun. Yeah, definitely. Especially going to law school, like he's going to need all the pre-vacation he needs to kind of <laughs> get through the semester. Yeah. Going, oh, yeah. <laughs> going back to school for any reason, but especially law. Right. Yeah, you need like one last hurrah right. before you go off to do it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's really excited, though. So and I yeah. think it's going to be a great adventure. Huge shift, you know. Proof that, you know, you're never too old to change careers completely. You know, sure. Do yeah. what you want to do. So. Good for him. That's awesome. So, yeah. yeah. Yay, Mino. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm assuming you've been reading on your trip. So let's talk about what we're reading now. Tara, you want to start? Sure. So um, I finally finished Lord of Shadows. <laughs> Yay. It's a big book, okay? <laughs> it's, it's a significant book. Um, which And it just reminded me how frustrating I find the middle books of Cassandra Clare's series. Because, um, yeah, all I want is the next book right now. I have no idea what's going to happen. So many characters that I thought were plot immune are... Definitely not plot immune. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man. Well, that's good. Is though. everyone gonna die? Like, I don't know. I don't know where we are. So, um, I don't want to spoil anything. So, I mean, people potentially dying in Cassandra Clare books is not a spoiler. And if you find it, I'm you're, who have you been reading? Mm-hmm. But um, I think people potentially dying in middle books. I mean, that's what middle mm-hmm. books are. Kind exactly. Of yeah, right. Right. So, guys, guess what? It ends on a cliffhanger. Um, <laughs> it's it's just, yeah, it's just driving me crazy. I just want to read it so bad. And I'm finally reading the last um, Darker Shades of Magic book, The oh, Conjuring nice. of Light. Okay. So I'm finally getting through that. And I'm really excited about it. It's been like... Again, one of those things I've been sitting on my bedside table for quite a bit and haven't really gone into <laughs> yet. Um, so there's that. And I don't know. What else am I reading? Oh, and I've, I'm also another V.E. Schwab, but um, The Savage Song is up next. Nice. So I feel nice. like I'm just going to go through all the books I haven't read of hers <laughs> in just one big gallop. I'm really excited about it. That's actually. a good plan. Yep. Yeah. She's I'm good. She I just is. haven't like, I just haven't prioritized those other books yet. So it's your time. V.E. <laughs> you and me right here. I'm going to get to know you real well. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's we're a really good, good time to first. catch up because she's got like a bunch of books out on on the way, like she posts on Twitter, like in the next couple of years, I have this book coming out, this book coming out. And this, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like it's now, time it, to catch up guys. It's <laughs> so interesting actually with her on Twitter, like seeing her um, process as a working writer. Cause she's very open about that process. Like, okay, I've, I've gotten this book approved and that book approved and I'm excited. And she always posts that monthly calendar of hers about like, okay, I need to write this many words on this many days and I'm touring here and it you know I'm like man the glam that you associate with being an author as a reader (laughs) is I mean I always knew that was wrong but it's really wrong (laughs) you are hard at work girl Mm -hmm. yeah that really is yeah it's really interesting yeah what about you Jeanette what are you reading um I am 
currently focusing on, because like I said, I've got a lot going on. Um, I'm currently focusing on Sydney Chambers and the Shadow of Death by James Runcie. Um, it is, so if you've ever heard of the show on PBS, Grandchester, Mm-hmm. This is the book that the show is based on, and basically it's about a little village in England uh, called Grandchester, and Sydney Chambers is the vicar of that of the church there, and he gets sucked into these mysteries. Um, originally, he gets sucked into a murder because like people just trust him because you know we trust priests, and he somebody walks up to him and is like. So um, I think this person didn't kill themselves. I think he was killed. I think he was murdered. And he's like, well, why are you telling me this? Shouldn't you tell the police? And they're like, well, no, I can't tell the police. Nobody, you know, I can't tell the police for this reason, for that reason. Like, they would suspect me or I don't want to get involved or, you know, you understand me so much better than the police. And so he gets pulled <laughs> into all the these mysteries because it's a set of six mysteries. And I've read the first three or four and it that's the way it always starts like the first one starts was like oh well you're a priest and you have a kind face and you know I, I can't tell the police I'd be suspicious and I'd get involved and then my husband would find out that I was having an affair etc cetera, etc cetera. um so it's just it's really funny because um his best friend is a police officer so it's a, there's a lot of this conflict between convenient like, plot device. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like there's always this conflict between him doing like what he thinks is right because he's like the moral authority and what his friend says that they should do because his friend is like the legal authority. And so they'll have like these arguments where he'll be like, well, why can't you do this? And he's like, because that's not the way the law works. He's like, but you know, this is the way people should work. And he's like, yeah, but that's not the way the law works. Um, and I, I don't know. It's fine. It's really interesting. And it's not like gruesome or anything. It's like, I guess it would be considered a cozy mystery. But yeah. Mm. Um, and I also just finished uh, Fables Volume 16. Nice. Which, oh my gosh, it's been, I, do you know how long ago I finished Fa- Fables Volume 15, guys? It was <laughs> a long time ago. Years. I have not been it's able been years, to find. Yeah. yeah, it's been like two years. <laughs> Wow. I've not been able to find volume 16 anywhere. And I've been looking through my library over and over and over again. And finally, they must have gotten their hands on a copy because I just happened to walk by the graphic novel shelf a couple of weeks ago. And it was sitting there like it'd been there all along. I'm like, <laughs> like I know you accidentally haven't. missed it every time. Yeah. No, <laughs> because I looked through the catalog because I never saw it there. So I looked through the catalog. I, I got online and was like, well, where is it? How long has it been checked out? When's it coming back? Mm-hmm. And they didn't have it. Well, but now it's just sitting there and he's like, yeah, I've always been here. I'm like, you're a liar. <laughs> you're a liar, little book. But anyways, it was fun to read anyways. And I'm really excited that now I get to read volume 17. I have um, one of our friends actually lent me volume like 17 on. Wow. And I haven't been able to read it because I haven't found volume 16. Oh, man. <laughs> well, you so have to I've go also, in order. So, <laughs> Well, because well, it's, a con- it's a continuous story. Yeah. And the way it, it leaves off in volume 15, spoilers for people who haven't read volume 15, but they're fighting a particular villain and they don't, and it seems like all is lost at the end of volume 15 and volume 16 concludes that story. And so I couldn't have started volume 17 because I would have known what happened at the end of volume 16. Uh, so I was like, I can't find it. And I've been carrying around um, uh, our friend Justin's graphic novels for like two years now. <laughs> and I haven't returned them. He hasn't asked, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it helps that he keeps getting deployed. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys want to know like how long I've had this, this is before he was deployed last time that I got there. And he's come back since then. <laughs> well, he knows so. these books are in good hands, so. <laughs> that is true. But this was yeah. like before he went to Honduras, not mm-hmm. Africa. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, it's good because he's getting out soon. So it can be his like, his you're finally present. getting out of the Navy. You Here's get your, your books book. back. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, yeah. I don't know what to say about my reading life right now, guys. This is a weird... 
This episode's been a weird peek into my insanity. Um, <laughs> what are you reading right now, Susan? <laughs> well, welcome to Parenthood and reading. <laughs> kind of what happens. <laughs> like, what am I reading right now? I don't know what I'm reading right now. <laughs> Especially like when you read the kid books like 5,000 times a day. <laughs> um, anyways, let's, going on to grown-up books. Um, I just finished... The Savage Sh- this Savage Song ugh, um, by Fee Schwab, and I listened to the audiobook for it, and it was amazing. The narrator was phenomenal. I highly recommend listening to the audiobook for for this for the Savage Song. Blah, this Savage Song. I cannot say this. Um, it's okay. We all <laughs> understand you. Yeah, it, um, but it's it's so good. It is so so good. I loved it. Um, and I also just finished uh, Star of Del Toro, Two Moons, um, which is more of like a middle grade, young YA book. Um, really good. And there's like a twist that happened I just absolutely did not expect. <laughs> so um, I need to continue with those two series. Um, and then I am in the middle of... Illuminae by Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff, um, which is really good. Um, have you guys even looked at this book, like on the inside? It's, it's is that the photos. book with the blue cover? That's Gemina. I think that's the second book. That's the second uh, one. Yeah. Okay. I've seen photos of it on Litzy. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some different interesting... Like, I don't know if it's, like, a storytelling thing or if these are, like, weird, like, illustrations throughout the book or something. Like, it looks like there's all sorts of unusual pages within the book. It's the whole thing is like that. Um, That's how they're telling the story. So it's, I guess it was really epistolary, but it's a bunch of emails. It's a bunch of reports, redacted files, um, journal entries. yes. Okay. I know which book you're talking about now. Yeah. Um, and I haven't gone, because I'm still only like in the first third of the book because it's a big book. Um, but I looked ahead and there were like, like coding stuff that makes pictures and there's like um, the text is in shapes and things like that. So it's really unusual, but it's so good so far. <laughs> um, th- there's an audio book out, but I would recommend reading this on like, as like a physical copy. So you can actually like look at everything. Um, really good. And then the last thing I'm reading is the bookshop on the corner by Jenny Colgan. Um, this is where she moves to shoot Ireland and buys a huge bus and starts a mobile bookstore in the village. And it's adorable. (laughs) Um, if you want something light, not thinking, adorable, this would be the book to go to. Yeah. I've, he- I've heard of that one. Like, that one's also really popular on Litzy. Um, mm-hmm. I think I might even have it on my Kindle. I think the popularity on Kindle or on Litzy was so high that when it went on sale on Kindle, I was like, well, might yeah. as well. That's exactly why I bought it. <laughs> oh, that's another thing I can carry around with me. See? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Well, that's awesome. Well, clearly we're all getting a lot of reading done, and I think we're all having a lot of fun with all the things we're reading. So what happens when we don't want to read? That's going to be our uh, book talk for today. Is What happens when you re- have to read something and you don't want to read? Is Like studying and like book club or like like, yeah when you have like maybe for example you have a particular book that you have to read for book club so that you can (laughs) podcast about it and you're not enjoying it so you but you feel like you have to read it anyways like what do you do you've already announced this is gonna be the book so you're sort of (laughs) what's the word we'd want to use locked in locked in (laughs) <laughs> yeah like I'm, i don't know just like for example in hypothetical <laughs> yeah hypothetically speaking <laughs> what happens guys so like for example if you are in this situation where you're reading a book for book club and maybe you don't have to podcast on it 
you might decide to DNF a book. So like what, when you get to that point, like when do you make that decision? I actually had to have this acronym explained to me, which made me feel like a terrible book podcast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but like yeah, DNF, DNF meeting, do not did, finish a book. Yes, do not finish. When yep. do you not finish? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I haven't not DNF'd a book. I pushed through because I feel like because I'm having like a legit discussion with people like I should have all my points to why I didn't like the book. <laughs> it's like I really shouldn't think that way. I don't really have that much time. I should read other things, but it's like, no, I need to read. So I haven't really stopped reading a book club book, but I have stopped reading other books just when I was reading for funsies. Um, so, but. because we're being extremely thinly veiled, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use the captain mind. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it. What you're talking um, about? <laughs> um, so, I promised after Girl on the Train that I would not DNF a book we were podcasting about <laughs> because it was frustrating, I think. Um, that I was just like, yeah, I just hated this. So I stopped, um, you know, so I feel like I had to do it. So while I don't normally have book rituals or like ways I read, I, I typically will read anywhere as I feel the need to read it and we'll get it just done. I needed in this case to be like, all right, a chapter a day, two chapters. If I have more than an hour to spare, <laughs> like a chapter a day. Two, two chapters, sometimes two, and that's it. That's all I could do for this book. I that's usually will DNF a book, though, and I would have DNF'd this book. Mm -hmm. um, if I find the perspective of the author either incredibly boring to the point where I want to rip my eyeballs out <laughs> or incredibly insulting in some of the ways that I, I trigger you know, like everybody has, uh, everyone's going to be like, oh, she's such a liberalist, whatever. You know, you know, people have things. You have your things. Um, and there, I have my things. Um, and yeah, there are certain things that I just don't like to read about. And if it's done poorly, I, or, or maybe just not done. I can't say the captive mind was done poorly. Um, and if I, I, I may not have DNF'd it. I think that's maybe a misnomer. But if I didn't have to read this for a class or I didn't have to read this for book club, I would have. it would have taken me months to read this book. Mm. I would have read it slow, real slow. Having to read this all at once, uh, there's some things in here I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I mean, you just get through it. You just get through it as... You give yourself rewards. Like if I finish this chapter, I can eat a cookie. <laughs> it's like, Whatever it's like you need to get to it school. done, man. <laughs> Whatever you got to do, right? Yep. I mean, that's like I'm chapter a day, Tara. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, if I can get halfway through the chapter, that is amazing. <laughs> oh no, I I had to. I had to finish the thought. Like if I like, if I stopped in the middle of the thought, I never would have finished this book. I had to, I had His thought to was so long. <laughs> well, but speaking more in generally, like, so if you have to finish it, like, yeah, you reward yourself or yes. whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you didn't have to finish it, like, when would you, like, put a book down? Like, what would make you put it down? Um, actually, I think I would, I would I'd do enough pretty early if I need to. Um, and it's usually if... Mm -hmm. Um, I find the perspective of the writing not to my liking. Like, I'm not a huge first-person sort of reader. Like I, Oh, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. The, num the amount of first-person perspective mm -hmm. books I like is right. small. Yeah. Um, so, and so the writing has to be really good in order for me to, like, really read a first-person book. And then there are fewer just like, this is boring. I'm not going to read this. Or it's from burnout. Um the Divergent series, I read the first few chapters of that and I was like, I'm so, I'm done. I can't read this. <laughs> so I set it <laughs> aside. <laughs> um, so it actually happens early on for me um, if I do DNF a book because, you know, for one of those two reasons or some, maybe some other reason I haven't come across yet. But yeah. 
I agree with that. I typically know early. Mm-hmm. I know pretty early whether this is going to work or not. And I, I give most books the same consideration I give TV shows and music, which is I will listen to three songs, I will watch three episodes, I will read at least three chapters. And if at the end of three chapters I don't find anything worth it, I'll put it down. Yeah. I have other stuff to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good rule of thumb. I'm reading three chapters. I like it. It works mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. How about Has there can... ever been a book that like slipped through the cracks though? Like, okay, I've read three chapters or I've read a little bit and okay, it's a first person perspective, but this pers- part is really interesting. And you read through and then like a little lo- a- later on the line, you're like, you know what? Bad decision, guys. Backing up. Usually if I'm far enough along, I will finish it just out of sheer time commitment at that point. Like, I have put in X (laughs) amount of hours into this thing. Right. And I just want to finish it so I know what happens. Um, You know, I think... This is not a, um, yeah, you know what? I have an example of this, actually. I, I have one where, like, I, I did back out, and I was like, no, I want nothing to do with this, and it's the Divergent series. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I never finished Allegiant. I, I read the first two books, and I never finished the third, and I've gone in probably a third to half of the way through the third wow. book. And I was like, I hate this switch in perspective. I don't like this hook, this new change in environment. Um, I am just out. So I finally, I think sometime last year, had one of our friends just tell me what happened. Cause nice. I like, <laughs> just, 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 just tell me. Cause I, I don't want to read it. And Jeanette, I think it was you. <laughs> if I'm correct. Uh, I quite, possibly could have been i know we talked about it in fact we talked about it while recording a podcast at one point like on a break like we had to pause that day Um, (laughs) we talked about it i know that i don't remember if i was the one who told you that but i just think it's funny that you know i feel that way about the third book and clearly the movie studios feel that way about the third movie (laughs) movie. and they got about halfway they got about in the movie to the point where i stopped reading I'm just like, oh, look, they're not going to make the last one. How funny. That's exactly what happened to me. (laughs) See, I was the opposite at that point. I hadn't been too invested in the first book because, like you guys said, like when you get kind of oversaturated by certain things, like Mm first-person perspective or dystopia or whatever, you kind of don't want to do it. But I I read the first book at the time. And I made myself finish that one because I was like, well, you know, I do tend to enjoy this um, kind of book and a lot of people are reading it right now and enjoying it. So there must be something here. And then I read the second, like I was interested enough by the end of the first one to read the second one. And then I hit the third one. I'm like, well, I can't DNF now. (laughs) I'm two thirds of the way through this. So Mm -hmm. I forced myself to finish. And I do that a lot, a lot. I... Yeah, it's hard for me to DNF a book. Yeah, no, yeah. I get that. Like, like I said, the um, I can't think of another example as egregious as the Divergent series for me. <laughs> it's a, I mean, I, I'm surprised at myself that I just said no. <laughs> um, so I get that. I agree. It's really hard when you've put in a lot of hours to just be like, well. But sometimes I don't even need a lot of hours. Like sometimes I'll do, and this is why I asked about like slipping, slipping through the cracks. Like I'll read something, for example, that, you know, maybe I don't like the perspective, but I really like the genre mm-hmm. or I like one of the characters. So I'll be like, well, I'll read a little farther. I'll read a little farther. If I can find anything redeeming in the book, I'll read it to the end because I'll want to know what happens to that character or in that situation. And even if I'm not particularly enjoying it. So I have a hard time with um, the not finishing. So do you have, like, I don't know. 
do you have rules about like going back and finishing anything that you've DNF'd? No, I have <laughs> not done that. Um, I, 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 I tried to convince myself to finish a legion a few times and never made it <laughs> that, like more than another chapter further. Um, well, that one's the last book of a series, right? Right. So yeah. then wouldn't you feel like you have to read the whole thing because you've forgotten stuff? That's what Wikipedia is for, man. <laughs> <laughs> I will Fair. say this about that particular series, that the books don't flow one into the other that... Seamlessly. Like, I, I wouldn't even say, like, seamlessly, because obviously they're, you know, they're all part of the same story and each one, you know, ends a certain place. And the, But each one kind of has an end. Right. And then you pick it up in the next book. So it'd be easy to pick it up because if you can remember where the last part ended. Right. It's one of those series. It's not like, oh, you know, Tara lifted her hand and then the book ends and then you have to find out what Tara did with her hand next. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. Like, like, if I forgot what happened at the end of Lord of Shadows mm-hmm. and, and tried to read the next book, I can only assume I would be way confused. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think, uh, you know, they're, it's they're not cliffhangers, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the Divergent series is almost a philosophical philosophical dystopia that has these like very set storylines mm-hmm. in each book. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I, I I feel like maybe okay. I'm backing off the Divergent series. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking of it in a ter- like a series has like each book is a particular story versus something like for example star wars where the stories kind of flow into each other right 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 um like only a new hope is really like a self-contained volume like empire strikes back flows into the next one Mm -hmm. i mean and now rebel one or rogue one i haven't seen that one yet (gasps) jeanette i know it's It's okay okay. neither have i i I feel shame gosh (laughs) Remember when it came out, I had a two-month-old baby in the house. I, I know. I know, I know. It's just really um, good. Um, <laughs> so no, going... I, yeah. I, see, I thought you were going to talk about the um, the um, extended universe stuff with Star Wars, like the books, not the movies, but but agreed, uh-huh. all on the lines. And uh, especially when you've got large uh, stories like that, there are pickup points where, right. like, um, Xanth is another good one with Piers yeah. Anthony. Like... You can start at the beginning, or you don't have to start in the beginning, but there are points where you absolutely can't start with that book. Like, there are just, you know, there's, like, groups of people you're following for a while, and then that group of people switches to a new group of people, and you can pick up at the start of that group, and then continue on. Um, But, yeah, you know, there's, you don't always have to start in the beginning, I guess, if you don't like X group of people. There are series where you can be like, all right, well, I'm skipping these four books, yeah. And I'm moving to this book. Yeah. Seeing if this one looks better. <laughs> yeah, Discworld is kind of like that, too, where you can read certain series and stuff within it. And right, right. The witches. You don't necessarily the... have to follow the whole series. You don't even have to finish the whole series. Yeah. Right. Well, one last question before we move on is, are there books that you wish you had finished that you didn't finish? Just so I could say I finished it, I would have liked to finish Anna Karenina, but I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I don't. <laughs> Sorry, Tolstoy. Um, that, that's okay. <laughs> um, just for the prestige of it, but other than that, no. Yeah, I don't think so, because, I mean, usually the stuff I DNF, again, is usually books I read, like, purely for leisure. Um, so... You know, I don't, people aren't like, oh, you have to finish reading, read this book. And, you know, it's so, so good at the end. I'm like, no, I don't need to know. And I don't know what I'm missing. So I'm okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) Once I've decided this book is dead to me, the book is dead to me. And maybe that's not the best way to look at things in life. But I mean, that's how, that's how we're doing it though, isn't it? Because it's like, well, we don't want to, we lost interest in reading this. So why would I want to pick it up again unless like there's a ton of hype on it saying like, oh, but it gets better in like the last 25% of the book. Well, I only got to 50% and it was still kind of boring to me. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, do, so I have to go through that little bit again to get to that point. So, um, yeah, I mean, there are a few books where I'm like, hmm, I may go back to that. You know which book I feel like I say that to people all the time? Like, yeah. no, 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 okay, just get through this part, Wicked. I'm always like, just get through Munchkinville, man. Like, get oh. through Munchkinville and, and get to school. Yeah, I didn't and finish that one. I swear to you, one. that book is better. <laughs> <laughs> I say that all the time to people who have DNF'd that book. I know so many people have DNF'd Wicked. Yeah, and, and I like, do hear that. It gets better. I'm like, it does. oh. It does. <laughs> You're I like, have I a problem finishing that one. That's interesting. Yeah. And, you know, it's weird because with TV shows, I'll give them a second chance um, when I finish it in the middle and people are like, but it gets better. Like, just wait a couple more episodes and it totally get better. I'm like, well, okay. So with TV shows, I'm like, okay, I'll give it a second chance. But then with books, it's like, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I think it's interesting that, like, you have you can give TV shows a second chance and not right. books because I can I won't um, give a TV show a second chance unless like people are like really like oh man you have to get to like the third episode and then it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I was about to say I, I DNF usually shows give really specific touchstones. Like I'm always like okay if you're watching Steven Universe you have to get to Giant Woman. Mm-hmm. If by the time you're at Giant Woman, which I think is the twelfth episode. Which they're ten minute episodes, guys. This is yeah, like they're yeah. short. <laughs> I haven't I haven't watched it yet, but uh, that yeah. doesn't yeah. If, if you scare me because they're ten minute episodes. If, yeah, ten minutes is not a big deal. No. Um, if you if you get through Giant Woman and it still ain't your thing, fine. I mean, it gets way better after Giant Woman. Like yeah, totally does. <laughs> it gets real. It gets real. <laughs> but if you're not like at all into it by Giant Woman, I don't think it's gonna be your show. Yeah. Even yeah. though the first few episodes are fairly different from where we are. in Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just so much fluffier. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because they're like, oh, this is going to be a fun magical adventure about magical ladies raising their magical boy son. Just kidding. Just kidding. Intergalactic (laughs) war. Um, Anyway, it's great. Yeah. But, like, I mean, I'll give an example. I I couldn't DNF, like, a book that we were reading for book club. I, Mm -hmm. I can't remember which one it was, but we were reading something. Um, last year, I think, and I was like, ah, I would have DNF this if we weren't reading it for book club. However, the sense of amending. I don't remember the what magicians. it was. Um, no, I like the magicians. Okay. <laughs> um, but I'll give a I'll give a really huge example. Buffy. I watched one episode of that. And I was like, no, never watching this again. <laughs> I had to be bribed to watch this like four or five years after I originally yep. gave it a, nice. a chance because You're welcome. I, was, I was like, <laughs> I'm not watching this nonsense. I, Cause I watched one episode and apparently it's one of the worst of the entire series. You mm. watched the episode with the robot boyfriend. It's I watched a terrible episode. Oh, yeah. I, uh, look, I didn't know. I heard this show was great. I turned like it on randomly on a Tuesday. <laughs> I, I turned it on randomly on Tuesday. I ended up watching Ted, guys, for the, yeah, any listeners you. who are wondering. <laughs> I watched Ted, and I was like, this is, like, terrible. Why do people like this show? Why is this show still on? Because at that point, it been on for, like, five years. I was mm-hmm. like, why is it on? This is weird. It took, like, another five years for somebody to convince me to try it again. I'll DNF a TV show, no problem, but not a book. I, I don't know why. I can't do it. Nice. <laughs> so, anyway, so uh, that being said, yep. Susan, you want to take us away on this book that we did finish? Yes. <laughs> I, I guess that, so that was excited, enthusiastic. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, we can totally keep talking about DNF in a book. I'm okay with that. <laughs> No, we you can talk- do with this, Susan. I believe in you. <laughs> we can talk about the book because um, I mean, we still have thoughts about it. You know. We do so have thoughts. Let's share our thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the book we read for this month is The Captive Mind by Cisla Milos. Um, it is a book of essays from when the author was living through the Nazi occupation in Poland. He goes in depth of how the mind can change during that time for a variety of reasons. And in protest, he writes to go against the regime. Using four of his writer friends, he goes into detail on how the government would change a person into thinking their way of running the country was the way to go, was the best way. 
Um, this is a book about Soviet regime in Poland. Oh uh, yes, but it was sorry during the same time. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Just yes. wanted just no, no. wanted to clarify. <laughs> yes. A little bit different. <laughs> yes, it is uh, is in the same time. Yes. 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 But yes. like not all at once. Anyways, <laughs> not all at once. <laughs> Thank God. This this man like talked about so many things. <laughs> And not quite in the clearest way, but we'll get to that. Um, and on that note, what was one thing that stood out to you? <laughs> oh, man. So I was about to say the one thing, and I'm going to give this book a positive note. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I liked about this that stood out to me was I actually thought he did a really good job organizing these essays in a way that made me understand how somebody could even like the uber intellectual could um, lose their way and lose their values and essentially be chained to the belief of a system that goes against everything they believe in. Um, I I thought the path that he, he took through the essays did a really good job at sort of convincing me that it was possible, which clearly I know or knew was possible. It's the way people survive in these scenarios. But um, but I thought he did a really good job of explaining them what happens in one's mind as that, as that process takes shape. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I agree. Jeanette, anything stood out to you? Um... I would say um, similarly, it's that he does do a good job with that. And I agree with Tara on that. And there is a part, well, there's several parts where the way he talks, um, I think, I'm not sure, but I believe that he wrote this book after he um, he left Poland. Mm-hmm. And he's in America when he writes this, right? Yeah, yes. I, I, that's what I think. I, I, he, yeah. This is our, he's already left Poland by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, even though he's writing about how you know people's beliefs change and how you know t- terrible it is in so many ways, he clearly still believes that you know one by one, like all countries are going to fall under this regime. And that really stood out to me because it's how strongly and how easily Mm -hmm. people can cave. So in here, he's talking about, you know, sort of these weak personalities. Um, And he's just like, yeah, you know, and they don't believe and they don't stick to their guns. And I, you know, even I've never stuck to my guns and eventually what's going to come to pass is all of you are going to get assimilated into this new faith belief and this is how it's going to happen. And, you know, I I think it's funny that he, in a a way, you know, had succumbed to the new faith belief because he really, I feel, did believe that, um, you know, the opposite of what history, of what historically came to pass, which is that the Baltic states, you know, eventually broke out of the Soviet regime mm-hmm. and America and Britain specifically, which gets called out a lot, oh, um, yeah. never fell <laughs> to the yeah. new faith. Um, and that capitalism is alive and well. Yeah. <laughs> we still like our pretty dresses and we like yep. going out and buying Avocado toast, I guess, is the new <laughs> yep. bourgeois thing. That's the new thing. <laughs> that is the new um, thing. <laughs> we're still very bourgeois. Sorry. Yeah. It, um, it was, uh, yeah, I just found that interesting that at the same time uh, that he's, you know, criticizing people for this and talking about how sad it is when this happens. Like, clearly, it's still happening to him. Like, he's still in this process. Yeah, exactly. And hap- it's so funny. It's just like he's judging his friends and his colleagues and all these people. But, you know, at the very beginning, he's like, yeah, no, but I, I worked for the state. Mm-hmm. You kind of have. And I'm like, man. No. <laughs> Glass houses. Yeah. No. I'm sure these people loved reading about themselves. 
Well, <laughs> except for the one who killed himself, not, not him. But it, like everyone else, I'm sure loved reading about themselves <laughs> in the book. Yeah, and I mean, I was reading, you know, some summaries and articles and things like that. And, you know, one one uh, article I read was like, yeah, he wasn't like secretive about who these friends were. You no. know, everybody knew who he was talking about. <laughs> yep. I mean, he uses their book titles. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not hard. <laughs> yeah, it's like, were you really trying to, like, what? what is your goal here? Are you trying to out your friends on how, like, terrible they were? Or are you trying to, like... Or, like, are you trying sympathy? to get them in trouble with the yeah. regime? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I just, I don't understand. Like, you're safely in America. Are they? Yeah. Are you about well, to, like, accidentally get your friends taken in for questioning or something well two of them two of the ones he goes into specifics on are dead at the time he writes this book okay at least and because well one of them he said was killed and Mm -hmm. one of them had killed himself right but the other two i i wonder if he wrote those specifically like you said like to get them outed right so and that that to me is like the question of his writing style i think the the way he wrote wasn't bad. Like, I think he wrote really well. I think it was just like, what was your objective to writing these? Especially using your friends as an example to what you're talking about. Um, I was confused as like, did you hate them? Are you trying to be objective? Like, I'm not quite sure <laughs> what, you, what you're feeling here. Um, did you have any thoughts on his writing style and how he wrote these essays? I liked it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, um, for for philosophy, I thought it was pretty what I expected it to be. I thought, is this translated? Yes. It is. It's mm-hmm. translated from Polish. Yeah. yeah, I think the translation's pretty good. I think there's a couple of weak spots. But, um, you know, not being able to read his intended words in the intended language because I do not know Polish at all. <laughs> Um, I think what I can gather here, it, it, it's some very, you know, some good workmanship from mm-hmm. a writing perspective. Um, like I said, I, I, I think the essays really do take you through a story. I think some essays are better than others. <laughs> um, you know, um, I think Ketman is essentially a list, an interesting list, but a list that's fairly repetitive. Um, I think the murder bing, the pill of the murder bing is oh, maybe my yes. favorite. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on that one. Um, but yeah. What about you, Susan? What um, do you think of his writing style? It's really weird because I actually kind of like the first chapter um, where he was talking about the murder bing pill. Um, I thought that was really interesting. But then when he started to get into like writing about his friends and like the different types of people um, that would be in in this society, that that's where he started to lose me. (laughs) You know, that's funny. So So I was talking to Christina about this book. mm -hmm. um, Christina is a member of the RL Mm -hmm. Eclectic Readers book. And she had finished this ages ago. And she had said, just get through the first four chapters. Once it starts talking about the people he knows, it gets better. <laughs> so, I, you know, I think, um, you know, I think it's different for everybody. Yeah. I, I, I really, I particularly liked the first chapter. I think it was because it was, um, not as, uh, meandering. Yeah. Is yeah. uh, might be the good word for that. Um, cause he, he kind of like meanders into these people's minds. Like he writes like, what you know their lives were and you know what their careers were what they did and what they tried to do to visit that kind of thing like he was mm-hmm. kind of weaving back and forth the first chapter was like this is this and this is this i'm like i like this chapter <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I it is also my favorite i think there's a lot of problems with it i think there's some yeah. things in here that are uh, maybe a little racist. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe <a> yes. Little, <laughs> like he he makes some observations about people he clearly mm-hmm. doesn't know much about. Yep. Like in South America and various things. Like he clearly knows nothing except like maybe what he's read in one article or something like that. And he makes mm-hmm. these wide sweeping statements, and I'm like, man. 
Maybe yeah. Maybe should read up. <laughs> like maybe more. you should like socialize a little more. A little bit more. I mean, <laughs> although I get not being able to socialize when you're from Soviet era, right? Poland. Um, well, I get he moved that. to America. I like you, you had a limited, <laughs> a limited ability to to get out there in the world. But um, and I have the internet, and you didn't, and I understand. But um, I really liked the idea of the murder being pill and why people would take it. And it made me think a lot of the show, if you are not watching it, you should be the 100, um, the Mm. CW, which I know is a CW show, but like seriously, the 100 is maybe the best show to come out of there since Buffy. Um, High praise. Um, (laughs) It's very serious though. But there is essentially a murder bang pill that happens in season three. And it made me think of that a lot. Like, would you take it if essentially, would would you, if you were in a situation where daily life was pain, daily life was hard, would you take a pill that would make you feel better, make you happy, make you fulfilled? What if you were in terrible physical pain? Right. What if the pill ended that terrible physical pain for you? Yeah. I don't know, guys. Would you? Would, would either of you take that pill in that situation? Or would you hold tight to your individualism? That's hard, man. <laughs> it's hard to know. I it's mean, so hard. I think that's the point. Is mm-hmm. you, like you don't know until it's happening, right? I mean, he makes a big deal of, and that, I think that's one of the things of, about those four people that he calls out specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, like some of them had very strong, you know beliefs and principles that they turned their backs on and these are probably people that when he knew them as a young man he was like they they would have been like well I would never do such a thing right but when you're in that situation you know everything changes yeah um and in that sense like I would say for me I did like the four the four essays on the various people. people? Yeah. Um, I liked some of them more than others. For example, um, ga- he na- labels them with Greek le- letters, and Gamma was almost impossible to get through by the end. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Whereas uh, Alpha and Beta, I found a little bit um, easier to read. Um, Poor Beta. Yeah. Poor beta. Yeah. Um, and that's since I liked it because I do think it was a clearer picture than, for example, the list of Ketman. Like Ketman seemed like a very interesting concept at first. And that's what kept happening to me with these essays was when he introduced the concept that he was going through at the beginning of the chapter. I was like, oh, well, this should be very interesting. And by the end, I was like, uh, okay, I get it now, dude. And you're still meandering. <laughs> Um, I get which, it. Are and, we done? Yeah, yeah, in that sense, You're like I done. really enjoyed the, the writing style because it was it was very clear, and you could really understand things. But it was very meandering, and by the end, mm-hmm. I was like, I, I don't need an explanation of this explanation of this allegory. Right? Like <laughs> yeah. you could have stopped at the allegory. <laughs> I mean, um, and that's that's what happened with um, the pill of Murdy Bang. I was like, oh, yeah, this is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then he kept going. And that's when I handed the book to my husband. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. And my husband, who has a degree in international relations, like read it. And he's like, well, this is interesting. I'm like, yeah, but I don't need an explanation of an explanation you know, of an it's allegory. It's interesting from a – it's almost interesting as a historical document and not something to be actually thought of as philosophy. And that's really mean to say – um, the, but I, I could I understand what I, you mean by that. I, yeah, because, yeah, I don't think you mean it in a hostile perspective, way. Perspective, right? Yes. From yeah. a very mm-hmm. specific time period, where like it, he's clearly trying to give a criticism on something that he's so deep into. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost it's hard for him to detangle himself from what he's talking about, um, and it's really interesting from a personal from a seeing that perspective on the page, and he clearly has a lot of feelings around artists and intellectuals mm-hmm. as. Superior. It's very like Plato as like. like yeah, he's Plato. he's always talking about how important they were. Yeah, um, yeah. In that time, like how how influential they are. Yeah, so. and how like little intellectualism impacts America, and I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
seeing that now. But (laughs) (laughs) and that's all I have to say about that. Um, um, uh, And and but he he has this elevated belief in intellectuals and artists, which is great. I, I do think we should give intellectuals and artists more of a do, but you know. I think might be a personal bias issue. <laughs> so, I mean, that's um, what I noticed. And that was one of my questions was like, do you think this was very personal for him or was he trying to be objective? Was he even like, no, there's no yeah, way. Yeah. You can't, and I said, I was going to mention this and I'll mention it once. You can't say something like, um, the worst place to be in world war two was in Warsaw, Poland with a straight face <laughs> and, and say that he's not personally, um, uh, that he doesn't have a personal, um, objective here that like he yeah that this is an objective essay he clearly is viewing it strictly from his lens and has a lot of feelings which i i understand those feelings i understand it was just a terrible time you know and Mm -hmm. um that he went through some very terrible things um but that inherently makes you unobjective and i don't think I think maybe he thinks he's trying to be objective, but I mean, right. clearly, hindsight being twenty twenty, looking back, <laughs> there's just no way this comes off as an objective piece of work. I, I think. Well, I wonder if. Oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Well, I wonder if you know he may be considered like starting it off like objectively. I mean, he starts it off with you know this, um, the story of the pill of Murdy Bing and the explanation of it. And I wonder if like the original intent was like, let's do like this objective explanation and facing it, he couldn't be objective because, you know, you can start by writing about like, oh, this is what this thing is. But the more you're writing it, the more of yourself you're putting into it, the more you're like, this is, you know, what I was facing in my life. Yeah. Um, Because clearly it's not objective. Yeah. And not at all. That's what I was going to say, like along those lines is he thinks he's being objective, but he really isn't. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I've done like no additional research on this. Mm -hmm. Oopsie. Um, (laughs) I don't know if he's written anything, like any essays in response to this or anything like that, or if he intended to be objective, but didn't manage it. Or I don't know how self-aware he is. You know, I think when you're going through something like this and you're writing as you're going through it, maybe that sort of self-awareness is impossible to achieve because you're living this Ketman in a way and you're already compartmentalizing so much of yourself. You know, how Mm -hmm. far can the human psyche compartmentalize down? You know, how many turtles? (laughs) <laughs> can there be <laughs> uh, before the human psyche snaps and just can't mm-hmm. do it anymore you know there's a breaking point on how many lies one can tell themselves yeah um, it's so, interesting it is yeah um, so because he talks so much about Stalinism and socialism and Soviet government um, has that changed or altered your thoughts on those political beliefs or has it like uh, solidified thoughts you had about it or have you learned more about it reading this these essays because I mean he's trying to teach people something you know I think it helped remind me of how easy it is to trick yourself when you're placed in a different difficult situation mm-hmm. how easy it is to trick yourself to going to following something that you don't believe in and how easy it is to you know let yourself be convinced that you're doing the right thing when you're not yeah um because you th- you do tend to think of it as like well you know, oh, that could never happen to me or that could never happen in this situation or, you know, I don't understand how you could let things get to that point. And when you see, when he ta- some of the stories he tells, when you take it step by step in that way, it becomes so much clearer. Yeah. 
Um, and it's not that I didn't know that, but it's, it's a good reminder to have every now and then. Yeah, I feel the same way. Tara? It's really easy to sit here in my cushy, beautiful hotel room <laughs> in my very capitalistic life um, in, in a situation where we seemingly at very least have freedoms and judge others from the other side. Um, you know, it helps, you know, to justify my perspective that I, we were the winners, yeah. that this did not come to pass and these... Um, predictions turned false and it's very easy for me to sit here and have those feelings and those thoughts um it's harder for me to sit down and try to actualize empathy within myself for what he would be going through and I think that's where this book and books like it are important um, is because it makes you try to internalize that something that is just to to, to us almost a completely foreign idea Um, something that we perceive that could never happen which is untrue you know Um, the history of the world is long and when you look back into it you see these moments pop up fairly regularly um so it's important i think even for us to have these sorts of writings and for us to have these sorts of ideas in order to realize how easy it is for people to to believe in something like this or for even people who don't think it's the right way how easy it is for people to give in to um, <clears throat> something that goes against their personal interest. And right. we still see that every day. We see, um, we see that uh, people not being able to um, really look at a situation and find where their personal interests lie. They instead just believe what, what is given to, given to them. Um, it's, it's interesting. Um, and I think it's worthwhile. Yep. I agree to all of that. (laughs) I mean, as much as, you know, some of us may have not liked it in general, like these type of, these types of books are still important. Um, we need different perspectives no matter what, you know, so makes us a little, a little bit wiser. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so final question after this really good discussion, um, did you like it? Did I like it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, this is, what was the book we recently read where I was like, how can one even like a book like this? It's, it's hard to read a flawed perspective from a difficult time period and say you enjoy it. Yeah. Um, it, although a worthwhile perspective, you know, um, it's, it, it's really hard, but is it worthwhile? Yes. Yes. It's absolutely worthwhile. It's interesting. Um, it's maybe not something I would have read. Like we said in the first discussion, it's not something I would have read as quickly as I did. Um, something maybe I would have meandered over um, instead. But um, I think if this sort of thing interests you, if um, the way history evolves, the way human psyche evolves interests you, that this is something that you should put on your bookshelf and and come take a look at every now and again. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, I like the first chapter, like I said. (laughs) Um, But in general, his writing was good. Um, It was just I had a difficult time kind of keeping up with him um so but i didn't hate it it's hard to hate yeah i didn't hate it (laughs) it was interesting that's for sure how about you jeanette last thoughts Um, i wouldn't say like i wouldn't say i liked it um i i mean to me this is not my 
jam um, mm-hmm. at all. But I did find it interesting. I probably would never have picked this book up. I might have read it in, in terms of like as essays. I might have read these essay essays individually if I had come across them. Mm-hmm. But reading them as a whole book, I don't think I ever would have done. I did not like that experience. Mm-hmm. It was a lot at once. And um, my library book also came in right before we had to do this. So I had to read them all in a very short time as well, which might have helped um, in terms of my comprehension and following everything, all the ideas. Um, I did find his writing style, um, I don't know if enjoyable is the right word, but I did like it. Um, It was interesting. It's just not my thing at all. Fair enough. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Philosophy is not everyone's thing. No. Nope. Yeah, nope. not in long doses. Short doses, yes. Yeah. Not long doses. Right. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So the next book on Eclectic Readers is going to be This Savage Song by V.E. Schwab. And I'm definitely looking forward to this one. So yeah, guys, um, we're going to have our show notes up, as we always do, on eclecticreaders.fireside.fm slash 39. Um, so why don't we tell everyone where they can find us? Susan. Uh, people can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, and Litzy um, at Rudy Kaicho. That's R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. How about you, Jeanette? Uh, you can find me on Goodreads at, and let's see at JMT Rivera and on Twitter at Dr. Jeanette. That's D-R-J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T. Tara? You can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, and let's see all under my one name, which is Tara Newman, T-A-R-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. Um, and always, of course, please subscribe in your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. Um, and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes because that's how other people find us. It's a weird system. And we <laughs> want other book lovers to find and enjoy us, too. So, yeah, if you could do that, that would be swell. Um, and I think that's it, guys. So let's shelve this until next month. Bye. 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 Bye.